Hello again. Yes, back after another extended vacation. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. This is fake announcer guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson with you for the Selling on eBay radio show. But having fun, making money on the old eBay. Sherry's a full-time seller. She's based in Colorado, employs a bunch of teenagers in her basement, making her lots of money. And Philip runs his operation out of the happiest place on earth in Florida. But at the end of the year, he travels to keep his miles up so he can qualify (laughs) for some free trips. Quarter four is crazy, crazy air miles usage. Okay. Uh, and that's uh, and that's what we do. Um, and that's us. You can find out more about us if you're interested at our little website. That is sell, sell, sell dot online. You can see our stores. Ask us questions, maybe. Say, why on earth are you selling something like that? And we'll do our best to answer. I have a lot you can ask that about. There you go. And uh, coming up in today's show, we have... International Shipping Update. Uh-huh. And uh, Sherry's had a run-in with the eBay authentication system. You still trying to pass off that hooky gear? Again, again. And getting the best out of eBay's promotions tools. And uh, if you're a technology freak, uh, there's a new piece of kit I found, which is about, it might change the whole game in terms of taking um, uh, photographs of uh, products and particularly about lighting. We'll get into that very briefly uh, after we do some eBay news. And in the news this week, uh, yes, I got an email. Did you get the same one, Sherry, about international shipping from our good friends at eBay? Um, And apparently this is something they've been teasing for a while, but now has gone live. And this is kind of mix and match. So it is the ability to have both eBay international shipping operate alongside your own shipping options. That's so funny. I did get that email and I thought, no, I'm perfectly happy with eBay taking the full responsibility and having no returns. And for it surprised me they'd sales. written to you because I thought I got it. Oh, well, I got this because I'm an opt out from eBay International Shipping. Actually, yeah. I do a bit of that and a bit of the other one. <clears throat> and I thought, well, she's not going to get that message because she's a fully, fully EIS signed up person. But you got the same message, which is interesting that they might try and now pull you out of eBay International Shipping having kind of shoved you in there with great excitement. Why well, would they I be trying they to get you out of it? I, don't know. It's I weird. know. So I mean, I did I tell you about the sword that I sold no. through this new program? And I was surprised to see it, that it was going to Australia. And I thought, oh, that's so weird because I can't even sell flatware oh, yeah. that has knife in the title yeah. to Australia. And it turns out it didn't make it, but it was covered. So I think they have a lot of kinks to work out Mm -hmm. on their end so they don't lose so much. All right. Now, I did play around with this because I was curious um, what they were doing. I mean, what I want to do is I want the best of both worlds. I want to be – people, in my experience, either want stuff fast or cheap. Those are the two parameters. If I can fulfill either of those two requirements, I've got a good solution. And the problem has been up until now is that you either go with eBay international shipping by – deleting all your own shipping options, which is the cheap option, or you put your own shipping options in, which allows you to put things like Express Mail or FedEx or whatever, which is the fast. And to do the both the two side by side has not been possible. Now it seems that if you have your own shipping options, eBay will, if you haven't opted out, eBay will automatically give the buyer eBay international shipping as an option in their options when they check out. 
you don't put it in as a policy. In fact, you can't. I tried to say, I tried to look on my policies to say, do I have to add eBay International shipping alongside, say, Express Mail? And I, you couldn't do it. But if I look at listings that have the Express Mail option on, there is eBay International shipping offered by eBay because I've not blanket opted out. So that's the way they're doing it. I like it insofar as it now meets my goals of offering fast and cheap. I think, though, I haven't double-checked this. I think the first option that comes up is the one that I'm offering. So that would be uh, Express Mail in the case of a valuable item. And then it's eBay comes second. So when they when they see you know, the search result or the tentative total, they're going to get the higher number, which I would prefer always to show a lower number, an upsell to the more expensive because when you get ranked in search by, you know, total cost, you, yes. you want to have the lowest figure you can. But I'll, I'll, I'll check on that. I'll play with it over the next week and let you know how I think that's working. But generally, I think that's a good move. Yeah, it's really good news for people like you who want to offer a faster method, but you still want the other option available. I think that's great. I mean, I've generally warmed to the idea of using eBay International Shipping because I, I, I was talking to the some of the shipping guys back in wherever it was, August, September, and their internal figures for how fast the stuff turns through their shipping hubs is very impressive. I don't think it's a public number they put out, but the, the, the I mean, it's hours rather than days. Wow. On average. Um, and I don't, you've heard, like me, you've probably heard horror stories from people writing to websites saying, oh, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't think that's true. It does take a little bit longer if it's a high-value item. Uh, they didn't tell me exactly where that line is drawn, but I think $500 or above is definitely high-value because then it comes out of the packaging and it's photographed and serial numbers are noted. Oh. Then it goes back in because, to be honest, they don't really have any other way of preventing fraud. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if if it's my stuff, I know if something comes back and someone's messed with it because I know enough about the product. But they're just dealing with thousands of things and people that aren't trained in those items. So right. lots of photographs, I think, are taken. But and that might delay it for for a day or so. But I, I think generally speaking, it's pretty quick. So I'm, I'm warming to the idea. I've sold a few things. I have, don't think I've had anyone request a return or a refund yet. But how would you know? Do they write to you or just does eBay handle that and it's totally? Invisible well, to I, I also haven't heard from anyone, and I've sold a lot internationally yeah. with the new program, but I did see, somehow I was notified when that item was rejected by us, yes. the Australian buyer. Mm -hmm. And then I received a message from eBay, don't worry about it, we've got this covered. Mm. But anyway, I think it's going okay. I have a few problems, but mostly those are the ones that actually they both are to express mail ones at the moment I've got some problems with, and that's just good old-fashioned postal problems. So uh, generally speaking, I think eBay International Shipping, as far as I can tell, is is running smoothly. Yeah. And we can also do other stuff now with it as well, right? Yes, because now we can actually have combined shipping. Combined shipping is now available with eBay International. That's Great news because that was the one kind of big flaw. Mm -hmm. So, and my guess is that, that if you haven't got around to putting weights and dimensions in your listings, this would be an excellent prompt to do that because yeah, they have to take a swag at what the 
what the weight and the size is going to be to quote the buyer. And if you start adding up two or three items that have no weights and dimensions, that swag is going to get wackier and wackier. Uh, so um, I think it's probably a good idea to make sure that next time you do listings is just to make sure you start pop. Even if domestically it doesn't make a difference to you, like it's just a, it's free or it's flat price shipping, it's important to have that stuff because they will use that to try and figure out the cost of an international buyer. Yes, and it has a big impact. And then also, okay, so other new tools available mm -hmm. is the new social caption generator that's using AI to help sellers post on social media their so items. Your two hot on topics: media. that's your social media and your AI. You know, you like those. <laughs> um. Yeah, I hate, I only like social media for cute pictures of Doggies. my dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, nieces and nephews, but. I don't particularly like all the sales stuff right. on social media and I don't want to sell to my friends. I realize other people have built up Instagram pages or, you know, that have followers that buy from them and maybe this is good for them, but I also find it particularly annoying mm -hmm. to read an AI generated um, caption I don't know how long a caption would be. If it's only a sentence, I guess I could handle it. But what I saw on this on eBay is that there's a long paragraph about a cozy night in with yeah. this sweater. I yeah. mean, yeah. oh gosh. Anyway, so for people who do want to post their stuff to social media, eBay will generate the caption using AI. I, I, I think it's self-defeating. I'm not into either the AI or the social media stuff, but if you just basically blast everything into social media, you know, if everything's important, nothing's important. So what's the point? And exactly. shortly the social media platform is going to have their AI running on this stuff going, oh, this is eBay's AI. Let's, let's ignore this. It's just junk. And try and filter out the cute doggy pictures that are really involve a human connection and let those go through and the rest get downgraded to junk. So it's just a battle of the AIs running on server farm somewhere in the cloud, slugging it out, burning up electricity, damaging the planet and achieving nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. One of my teenagers that works for me, who's 15, he asked if I've been using the AI descriptions. And I'm wow. like, no. And of course, I went on a rant about how much I don't like it. And I said, well, have you? Because I thought it was odd that he was asking me he took an interest in it and he said only for school where it's allowed oh okay all right <laughs> so well, of course they could be they could be brilliant teenagers and they're so wonderful it. you and i can't spot the wonderful ones that come through we just spot the junky ones <laughs> i just don't like it telling me how to feel yeah it's like is it brown and is it leather what's the material i don't want to hear how it's going to make me feel cozy no no it's just it's just it's just filler it's just it's just a, it's three paragraphs of filler Yes, exactly. Um, I have other things to do anyway, than to read right. a bunch of words. But eBay likes it. They are just so into that stuff. Every single call or seller call or investor call, they're banging on about how this wonderful this AI is and how proud they are of it. And yeah, our friend Valerie, who I, is no fool, I, I respect her opinion, but but and she's all in favor. She's wonderful. This is great. Because they think that this is what Google wants to see and therefore – it gets them better exposure on Google, even though it's junk. Um, I don't know. I, I I mean, I see listings come up. They're clearly written by a computer. 
it just it's a huge red flag i've got suddenly go the red light goes on idiot seller and my price goes down i yeah. don't think it's productive even if i got there via google that i wouldn't have got there otherwise once i arrive it's a red flag yeah when i'm trying to buy something i'm looking for specific information and i get really frustrated if i have to read a bunch of blah 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 just to see actual information like what how many inches is this thing there you go anyway you get you get our thoughts on ai if you have a different, <laughs> different point of view please feel free to get in touch you can uh, leave us voicemail it's uh, 833 ebay 723 and uh, we'll we'll share your comments if that's what you want us to do uh, also sherry i noticed something just the other day which i think was a first i don't do a lot of returns thankfully um but I have seen both incoming and outgoing that um, eBay's now gone away from the monopoly of using priority mail for returns to using ground advantage. I guess that's the new default. If that's the probably cheaper in almost every case, right? Which is yeah. good because you and I are paying for that stuff. Yeah, I've gotten a lot. I since I sell clothing, I do get a lot of returns just because they don't like how it fits, and I've received quite a few via ground advantage. Most of them. Mm. So that's good because it's your dime, our dime. So, yep, spending it wisely, that's good. And um, you, as a recipient of the, what's it called, the grant? Up and Running Grant, that's the one. Oh, that's right. You so are hello, therefore in Alice. touch with our, our friends at Hello Alice, which is the agency that eBay uses to independently manage the process and make sure everything's above board. You've got a communication from them, right? Yes, uh, asking for help. Because there's, uh, they're being sued for discrimination for their grants that are geared toward minorities. Ah. And so they were asking for help and support to fight this. I, I feel a little sorry for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I look at some of their grants and I see that it doesn't apply to me, I just stop reading and, right. and don't try for it. Actually, I've kind of given up on on those anyway. I already got the one from eBay. I don't think I'm going to get another one. But um, anyway, just a little bit of news that they're being sued. It's kind of sad. And as the saying goes, no good deed goes unpunished. That's right. So fitting for this. Okay, that's them. Uh, okay, okay. Other stuff going on at the moment. Uh, we thought we'd talk to you about this week. Um, now, your fun and games with eBay authentication, was this an expensive item that you, you were handling with them? Yes, kind of expensive. I sold a diamond ring. It's a blue diamond. Oh. It's really gorgeous. Uh -huh. But blue diamonds, of course, don't cost as much as clear diamonds. Um, anyway, it sold for $1,500. Okay. And it's a certain designer, and that's why you know, someone found it, but it went through authentication and they said it was authentic. And then I, I saw that a return was opened, which is very discouraging for me when I see, you know, $1,500 is And did you list now. it as returns accepted or was this a, not as described against your wishes type return? No, I do accept returns. Okay. Right. I even accept returns on heavy commercial equipment but on the heavy commercial equipment, I put that the buyer pays return shipping. But if it being authenticated item, you will be within your rights to say no returns and eBay would enforce that if it passed authentication on the way out? I only know one piece of, way, of that. And the piece that I know 
is that if it's new, brand new, and it passes authentication, they can't return it. Oh, okay. It's new item. Okay. I, I, I'm but confused. being that it was used, and then I also do accept returns, mm -hmm. uh, they could return it, and it went back through authentication. Right. And I got it back. A couple of things just caught my attention. I went to give them a refund, but because it's a return that had to go through authentication, it's not like a normal return. eBay puts it as a case oh. and then puts it on hold so it can go through authentication. Okay. And then when I get it Because it would time back, out otherwise if... Because they think the, yeah. the, the tracking would show it as being delivered to their center and then that two or three day clock would start running. And if they don't yeah. get it out of there in time, then you get dinged. So they presume right. you have to pull it out of the system and put it into park mode for a while while they do it. Exactly. When it, when it comes so, back to you, do they have like a, a super secret sort of or a, a plastic thing around it that, that kind of once you if you break the seal or something, then you can't return it? Is it like because I think the sneakers don't they put something through the lace holes or something that oh ele electronic I don't know. electronic RFID tag or something that if you take that off, then all bets are off. You know, I don't know. I'll you have can to tell me that sell high priced items in well, this, these I'll categories. Well, I have to ask my friend who's selling ah, okay. just sneakers. But as far as when I tried to refund them, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I had to have eBay concierge. I had to talk to them. And they had to put me in touch with the authentication department. And they put the refund through. So just one note that I'm glad I have the concierge service because I thought this would have been a pain for someone who had to call in yeah. to get the refund done. But, but I understand why. And then the other thing... That was, well, the other thing I just, you know, sh shined a light on is I'm really grateful for the authentication because I've never, I've sold other diamond rings, mm -hmm. but I've never had one returned. Right. And I would have been really nervous. Yeah. Being that I'm not a gemologist, um, that if they were able to switch out the diamond, so having it authenticated on the way back really... Uh, I've really felt good about that. And the other thing was that, uh, so that was yesterday okay. and I relisted it. By the way, this ring took me about two years to sell. <laughs> I relisted it and it sold at a few hours later. Yeah. I and was so the, happy. That's the frustrating thing in some levels about eBay is that if they want to, if they want to push stuff, it will sell. They know that item has sold previously. So the algorithm says, oh, okay, let's see if we can make a sale out of this item. Oh, so okay. they ignore it for a couple of years. Perfectly good item. It sells. And then they think, oh, that's an item that sells. So the second time around, it goes fine. Why couldn't they give you that exposure in the first place? Well, it, was, it, it did feel like it got some special exposure. Mm -hmm. It was funny because the gal on the phone who had authenticated it said, oh, this is gorgeous. She was, like, shocked that they were returning it. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder if she bought it. Yeah, I don't know. Perhaps so. All right. Uh, also going on at the moment, and this is um, my experience. I uh, We've been off for a few days because I've been on travel. So I come back. Uh, day one is usually just getting everything out, the orders that have come in. And then I've got a whole bunch of incoming stuff because I buy and sell in roughly equal quantities. I have a, a week's worth of buying stuff piled up where the post office has left it outside. Oh, gosh. And 
you know, I don't know whether it's the people that I buy from or this is a general eBay issue or whatever. And bear in mind, I'm a fairly aggressive buyer, so I target people perhaps that are at the lower end of the skill range. But nevertheless, buying on eBay is not a broadly not a particularly good experience. You have some good experiences, but the average is, I think, pretty low. And I don't see it changing over the years. And it just struck me doing a week's worth of box opening, generally how crappy the buying experience is on average. Um, well, first, first thing that happens is is the whole nagging for payments thing that drives me insane. Um, but that's not really a, a logistical thing, but it does, <laughs> does annoy me. But I got a whole bunch of stuff. And a couple of, I bought two of the same item from two independent people, and it was just packed equally badly in two different cases. So this is like a metal uh, connector box thing that you mount in a rack. And these things have like mounting ears left and right that connect us, that, that you screw to something. But they get bent if you drop the package and if you don't take care when packaging. And both of them arrive bent at both ends, poking out of the box because they're 19 inches wide and nobody has boxes bigger than 18 inches, apart from people like me. Uh, and they always try and squeeze the 19-inch item into the 18-inch box, thinking, oh, I managed to get that in. That's clever of me, isn't it? And, of course, it arrives here, poking out the box left and right, bent and scratched at both ends. And to have two in the same week arrive like that just struck me as just bad. You shouldn't you, People, people can, can look at their own work and know that's not going to work very well. But I think once they close the sale, you know, they just think about spending the money rather than figuring out making back in the buyer happy. So they, they ended up in two, well, two shirty emails from me and then followed up by a return request because I couldn't be bothered to try and sort this out myself. And I thought, well, maybe if they see, get back what I received, that'll be a better learning experience for them than just having me whinge off and ask for a discount. And quite sensibly, they just give me a refund. But the other thing that's common now is no one apologizes for anything. And to be honest, to me, that's actually, in terms of how I feel about the transaction, the biggest part of it. If they said, look, I'm terribly sorry, I screwed up, I made a mistake, you know, I'm not an expert at this, I'm still learning, would you forgive me? Absolutely, no problem at all. But they think there's a mentality out there that says, well, if I just give a refund, that's going to solve all problems. And I think it's more complicated than that. I know we're doing a show about selling on eBay, but I think a lot of, lot of, I mean, the way I sell is informed by the way I buy. And that's how I make oh, decisions yeah. about how I, how I do things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is interesting to hear how things affect the buyer, being that we're sellers and we don't want to upset them or make it look like we don't care. I even say that sometimes to the uh, teenagers working for me, like when you pack that, it doesn't really need protection, but right. you do make it look like we care. Right. I mean, we do care, but that yeah. I do say that to them. It just show that we care. I mean, my system for packing is I don't do a lot, but I, I do it in a way that shows I've thought about it. Because actually, the a small amount of very thoughtfully applied packing, in other words, if something's protruding, building up something incompressible underneath that extended part exactly. so it doesn't, doesn't take a ding is actually worth more than an extra five turns of bubble wrap. 
Yeah. So I, I try. Yes. Yeah, like you, I try and get stuff to arrive, and it's obvious someone's thought about it and got some experience of doing this. And actually, the bonus is you don't use so much material. Because a small amount well applied is far more effective than vast amounts of bubble wrap mummified in reels and reels and reels and reels of tape. <laughs> it doesn't, exactly. Doesn't okay, you're talking. Don't even get me started on this. All right. But I. But I'll just tell you a little tidbit. Is that I uh, get the biodegradable packing peanuts because mm-hmm. I think the other ones come straight from hell. Yes. And then they don't want to leave. But um, and then I put them in plastic bags and tie it and then you can let some air stay in get some air out and then you can mold it and use it to suspend your item Mm -hmm. and i had a wooden angel with wings that i shipped yesterday and i did exactly what you're talking about so the wings don't get cut off but what you do is you make the the packing take the impact not these protruding pieces there you go yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it was just a bit depressing. And the problem is that we all get tarnished by this whole process. If if 50% of the buying experiences on eBay are less than ideal, you know, it affects all of us. Um, and it just, it just struck me that eBay, to my mind, is not paying much attention to this. They have very little desire to go back into the business of trying to figure out how to measure sellers on how good a job they do. You know, up until, what, the 10, 15 years ago, you know, you got scored on the DSRs for, I don't know, accuracy of description and shipping and stuff, and that kind of affected where you were in in, in search results, and people hated that. Mm-hmm. But at least they closed the loop insofar as if you did a crappy job, it did come back and bite you. Current mm-hmm. system is that it makes no difference, and I think people know that. And unfortunately, per well-placed sources in eBay, there's absolutely zero executive interest in in poking that particular bear again and, and trying to come up with a different way of measuring sellers. They're just going to leave it the way it is. Mm. And I think that is the problem, because as sellers, we are, as we've said before, all perfectionists. And if, if perfection is defined as getting this number set to five – We'll all go chasing after that five. And if eBay doesn't care, we don't care, broadly speaking. Right. And the other problem that's folding into this is this whole immediate payment thing. Because in the old days, I'd buy something, an offer would be accepted, or I'd win an auction. And then I could send an email to the person saying, hey, um, look, obviously this is important to me, this arrives in this condition. Here's a, a thought as to how you might be able to send it to avoid any any problems downstream. And I'd give right. a little, you know, three lines on how I would send it if I was a seller. And that got the bent item rate down from an average of 60 to maybe 70% sometimes to closer to 45 to 50, which is not very good, but an improvement. But the only way I could do that is getting in there with that message between winning the auction and the person uh. doing the packing. Well, now, particularly if I'm on travel, I'm in five hours plus time zones away, Mm-hmm. I'm not there at that moment between when they decide they accept the offer or the payment comes through and they start shipping it. Well, first thing I know about it is the tracking numbers come back, at which point I have no ability probably to have any influence at all on, on how they're doing. So you get all these people that are newbies or not familiar with the item not doing a good job. And because of the immediate payment, I can't I can't counsel them as to how to do it better. 
other mm, than get good. really annoyed after the event, which is yeah. counterproductive. Anyway, I'm not sure what the answer is. I would like eBay to revisit the whole business of, of how we get measured. I'd like a really demanding system where we actually have a score that says how good we are. We don't all sit at 100%. 80 is quite a good number. Most people get in the 60s. I don't know, whatever it is, but there's enough way to separate out people and give people incentive to really try and, and, and see the benefit of that effort in how, mm. they, how they do as a business. But it's just the whole area they're not going to go into. Okie doke. Enough. Sorry, a bit of a soapbox there, but there we are. <laughs> but I think it does, the whole buying does affect us as sellers. Definitely. Uh, what else we got here? We got padded, padded mail. Is, have they killed off the padded mail as part of as an eBay option? It's so strange. When I'm creating listings, I wanted to put that as the shipping method so it would, would just be cheaper for the buyer because I use the calculated shipping. And it, it is not, I, it's not available. I couldn't select that. So being that I'm using calculated, it'll just have to quote them priority and I can ship it in a padded flat rate because I have been when that's the best way to go, but I couldn't offer it. So that was frustrating. You could, so put, simply put, could you put legal flat rate and eat the 35 cent difference? No, they don't even have a priority flat rate envelope. Wow. Uh, available when you list. They have Priority Express. Is that all categories? Priority. Or some I don't know. This was clothing is what it's You'd have what thought I, that I mean, it was like a 12-inch vinyl LP. I'd imagine that would be sensible. They would block out flat rate envelope. Right, because but, that won't fit. But, but if it's clothing, yeah, that should surely Clothing be is the prime item to go in that. So I don't know if it's a glitch, an oversight, or what's going okay. on. Okay, so let us know if you've seen that one, 833-EBAY-723, number for voicemail. You can let us know. Has eBay deliberately or otherwise uh, nixed <laughs> the pri uh, priority mail flat rate envelope as when you create uh, uh, a listing as, as a shipping option in the listing design stage? That's our theory so far. You can let us know if you found out anything else. And what else we got here? Another uh, thing about yes. shipping... Um, is that I was shipping something media mail. It was a book. Okay. And I thought, oh, I can't put my postcard that I put in my other items that says I sell on consignment uh -huh. in case they want me to sell for them uh, because it's media mail. Huh. And I, I just thought, but I get some things media mail occasionally and they've used a priority box to support it and then put it in something outside of that like an envelope but the actual content is legitimate media it's just the right they're just using the box to, as a as a piece of cardboard right which is not allowed no well that was and the other thing i noticed on my other continue my rant about coming back and doing a week's <laughs> worth of unpacking was the um, gross abuse of the priority mail supplies system. People that, yes. that will, you know, take a whole bunch of padded envelopes and just use them as void fill in a parcel, take a medium flat rate box and stick it in a poly mailer and downgrade it to ground advantage and all this other stuff. Exactly. Did these, did these people not see the movie Murder One with Kevin Bacon? I didn't, obviously. Did they, oh, did, they well, get, did they murder someone for misusing uh, USPS supplies? Uh, actually, I might have said the wrong title, but I know that he 
he went to prison and he got tortured for the rest of his life because he stole something from a little uh, shop that had a postal service inside it. So it was a federal crime. Anyway, it is a federal crime to misuse priority boxes. But But he goes on a lot. And I... And we all, and again, we all end up being paying for this through higher postal prices, and maybe the, the postal service decided they're not going to offer this particular service anymore, and it, that'll be a loss to everybody. Um, and I, I wish they would have a, a simple reporting system. You know, you you'd have thought they could just put a QR code on the envelope saying, "Has has this is this being abused? Is this system scan this QR code?" And maybe it could be a QR code that's specific to the transaction, or you then just scan the the tracking number. And it would be pretty obvious if someone was getting tons and tons of reports that they were misusing the system, that the postal people could then do a bit more digging. I mean, it wouldn't take very long. I mean, the occasional one, yeah, let that slide through. But if it's systematic, but there's no, as far as I'm aware, there's no easy whistleblowing arrangement where you can report someone for abuse of that system. Yeah. And it wouldn't be that hard to do. And it would it would crack it would it would stop people doing it if they heard of a few cases where people got hauled up on charges. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, here we go. All um, right. Uh, what else we got here? We have uh, automate. Uh, we, we talked about um, how to get the most out of these various eBay promotional tools. Right, and one of the new ones is automated offers. And the only place I had seen it previously was when you send offers, then you can check a box that says automated. But if you want to set up automated offers, I found it. You go to the marketing tab Hmm. and then buyer groups. Oh. It may be somewhere else too, but this is where I found it. Buyer groups. And then under buyer groups, there's... Grow your business with buyer groups. It's telling you to create a buyer group. And then they just have this big thing, new automated offers. So you can send automated offers. And then you can select. There's just a few kind of filtering Mm. tools you can use, such as you can have it apply to all your inventory, certain eBay categories, certain store categories, or you can set it by price range. Mm. This is not specific enough for me. Is there um, an option for doing it if it's had so many days on market? Nope. See, that's the time I think offers are interesting, if it's a yeah. slow-moving item. If it's a new yeah. listing, and I see people do this all the time. I mean, clothing seems the category where people do this. They put a price out there, and then you watch it or you browse it or whatever, and instantly you get a message saying, oh, here's, here's another price. <laughs> right. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, why don't you just put the best price out there? I mean, with all this sort of internet-based searching and best price and everything else, why go out there? Are the critical, the first few hours when your listing is posted with a price that's way off from the number you actually want to accept? To me, you, you put the best price out there at the beginning. That That's when you get the most eyeballs. I know what you're saying, but people want to haggle. <laughs> I know. So if I put my best price, they're going to ask for a lower price. Yep, I understand. I understand. I, you know, I I buy when I think the price is the right price. I don't mind someone's got a fair price and they says no offers. I'll consider that price. If they says offers, I'm never going to pay the posted price unless I think they've made a mistake. Exactly. Even when I want it right away, I even get annoyed. Like, oh, 
I have to submit an offer first. And even if I think they might have made a mistake or someone's going to snap it up, I will make the offer at, say, just 5% below the asking price in case they have automatic accept set. And yeah, then that's if, a, if I don't see the automatic fast. accept, then I will snap, then I'll buy it straight away. If I think the price is a steal and someone's going to instantly buy it if I wait more than five minutes. But I will just throw a, a pretty close offer just to see that if they have automatic acceptance set, and I might save a few percent. Yeah. So there you go. Again, we talk about buying, but that's that's a, one of my buying oh, strategies. Oh, well, buying is applicable because applicable because we're all selling <laughs> to buyers. Uh, so speaking of marketing yes. tools, I was helping someone, uh, coaching him and telling him that, oh, he should set up uh, some promoted, dynamic, promoted things, campaigns, that's the word. So this is when you have eBay fill in the amount that you're bidding. Is that what we're talking about? So the amount or the the items that are in the campaign? So the amount is is done. Yeah, so you create a campaign and then eBay determines it based on the average that day and you tell them how much above or below the daily average you want to go. Scary. So we were doing (laughs) this looking at his screen and what caught my eye is when we went to marketing and then the advertising dashboard, all of a sudden when, you know, he clicked create campaign, I didn't recognize it. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is promoted listings advanced. Ah. So it defaulted him into advanced without making it clear to him uh, to choose standard or advanced. And when we backed out of it, I saw that it was defaulting to that. Anyway, I thought that was a little naughty because a new seller like him might not know exactly what they're doing. And um, I only knew because I've, I use it promoted listing standard and I didn't recognize it. We couldn't filter it the way I wanted to. Um, So anyway, just food for thought. If anyone hasn't used that, be very careful. And if you're trying to do promoted listing standard where you're not charged unless it sells, don't accidentally create. A promoted list. That's listing interesting. Okay, didn't know they were campaign. doing that. I think I think a promotion, the advanced promotion, is actually interesting at some level for me because my stuff is fairly high ticket items, so mm-hmm. I might be able to get clicks and eyeballs for I don't know twenty five thirty cents a click, which yeah. as a percentage of my price is very attractive. Whereas bidding on promoted listing standards might cost me two percent, which of a thousand dollar items a reasonable amount of cash so you know i think it has place in the portfolio i'm still trying to get my head around the advanced one though because they have this new smart system i forget what they call it and i thought the smart thing was that what you do is tell it the keywords of the items that you want to promote Mm -hmm. and then as items sell and as you list items it will constantly refresh the campaign with the new items that you add that correspond to those keywords. Because one of the down that the, the downsides good. of this product is that the stuff sells and it drops out of the campaign. And you have to manually throw more stuff back in at the top for it to work. And I thought, oh, that's clever. They've automated that. But it doesn't seem to be working like that, at least as far as I, I can tell in my testing. So I'm not actually sure what the automated side of things is. So um, 
Anyway, um, I'm using it. I have a very small budget, very low per click bids, but it's, you know, you never know. It might be, it might be useful. Yeah. You never as know. long as you're uh, someone like you, who's like aware of what you're spending on it and but you don't know, making sure you it's can much harder to advertising. To be able to say, I sold this as a result of this or that spend. I mean, with the regular promoted listings, you know which sale was associated with which which click. Right. You know, you you were charged this amount for that yeah. specific item. Right. And I need to know that. So there you go. All right. So All that was promoted right. listing um, advanced. Uh, there's something I saw in, a, in an article, I think in a photography magazine or something similar. And this is kind of into the sort of the realms of the more advanced product lighting stuff. But it's a sign of things to come, I think. And in my photo stuff here, I use uh, strobe lights, studio strobe lights, all those big, powerful flashes that go off and create a lot of light for a very short space of time. I use an actual camera with buttons and a lens, and it works fantastically well. It takes a while to set up, but then these days with digital imaging, you see the results straight away. So it's pretty easy to tweak the system and get it looking good. And But you can't really use that with... Uh, like a smartphone, iPhone, because the phone's doing all sorts of calculations and exposures and everything, and the lights are doing their own thing, and the two don't talk to each other, and it's just going to be a mess. Plus, synchronizing yeah. the two would never work. So really, uh, the sort of studio-type lighting is something that is off, doesn't work if you're into the sort of the iPhone-type workflow. And that's the reason you want to use a phone is, is the workflow advantage, particularly if you were doing right. a lot of clothing or stuff where you had to get one every five or six minutes to make money. Exactly. Now, I came across an ad for something called a Profoto B10, or it looks like it's been discontinued. This was announced only the other day, but anyway. And this is interesting <laughs> because it's actually kind of a studio strobe. I think it's based around LEDs, but let's say it's a studio strobe. Reasonably powerful, and it communicates with an iPhone app and allows you to get studio lighting results with... In the demo video, they were using an iPhone. I'm sure an Android version is out or coming as well. And this is the first time I've seen that level of automation and integration happening. And I'm surprised. Was it via Bluetooth? I probably. I don't know quite whether there's a separate box or something, or it talks straight to the light or whatever. It's kind of. Oh. It was a bit of marketing spin, but it was interesting. And there's a nice sort of portrait stuff going on, and it was looked like a real professional shoot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know many professionals that would go to a shoot and do the shoot on their iPhone, but you never know. But for product photography, where, frankly, the image quality has oh, to be yeah. good enough and, and you're, exactly. not, you're not doing 30 by 40 wall canvases, um, it would be fine. And as I say, the advantages in terms of it dropping straight into the selling platform's workflow would be good. So anyway, yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was 1700 bucks a light. Which oh. is kind of expensive studio lights. On the other hand, you're not buying a studio camera and a you know hundred mil macro lens and all this other stuff that would would come out of your budget. Um, so you've already bought the camera and the lenses. So how many you know, lights do you need? You need one on each side at least, right? Uh, I use three. I use one above, one mm-hmm. below front, and then one that kind of does the back and the rear. 
Um, wow, that's a can, lot you, of money. You get, I mean, I buy them for like eighty bucks on eBay. So the 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 old fashioned manual ones are, are very cheap for the quality of results you get. But even mm-hmm. so, you know, if you were working all day doing photography, you know, if you were a big seller and you had someone on the photo station eight hours a day, yeah, um, and this this made them twice as productive, it wouldn't take long to recover that kind of investment back. Yeah, uh, do you the ones the setup that you have? It, does it have a cord that plugs into your camera? Uh, I have a little Billy Do on the camera that triggers it all wirelessly. Oh, okay. I That's mean, you can. The camera has a socket. You can put a wire on it, but I guarantee you, you'll trip over that wire three times a day. Right. <laughs> and eventually, yeah. eventually, you yank the side off your camera. And that's a very expensive process to get that repaired. So I think anyone yeah. that does any kind of studio work very, very quickly decides they need a wireless trigger for their lights. Yeah, well, this is interesting. It'll be good to see if the prices come down. So that's a, a, a if you're looking it up, it's a Profoto B10. Don't know much about it. The, the, the stated output power is 250 watt seconds, which in photography terms is kind of good for like head and shoulders portrait kind of level if you're doing a full size a, a full three quarters full length portrait you probably want two or three times that much to get the best but for product photography that's probably stacks uh and it's like 1700 bucks each for a light which for a state-of-the-art light is not out of the realms of possibility i think it's based actually on high-powered leds and not a xenon discharge tube like most studio lights so that's why the power is a bit down but it, mm. it acts like a a studio thing, and for, I don't know how they're getting it to work with because iPhone, because typically Apple stuff is all locked down. It's very hard for developers to get in there and start playing around with how the camera works, but they figured that out, I guess. So there you go. I think it's more a case of that's an interesting direction of travel. Other people will come up with other ways of doing it, yes. and that's the final frontier in terms of using your iPhone to take pictures. If you can get it to do studio-grade work. Hey, that would be amazing. I'd be a very happy I might even go to using one myself. You never know. Yeah, I'm already using one, but that would be great if it worked better and had strobe lights. All right, uh, and All one right. final thing: we've uh, you you've been uh, battling our friends at UPS. Oh well, I just had a package that was damaged, and right where the hole in the package is, there's damage on the item. Oh. Oh. So I opened a claim, and I thought, oh, I remember how to do this. I have to say I'm a third party or a channel partner. I tried those, didn't work. And it turns out you have to say you're a shipper mm-hmm. and then a box pops up that says, did you do this through a third party? Right. And then you click the box. I just wanted to tell and you And this all. is because you're buying so the you eBay is the account holder with UPS, right. but they have now, I think this is fairly recent they've done this, they, they will allow you as the actual printer of the label the ability to initiate a claim Without having to yes, go through because eBay. eBay will not do it. Yeah, good eBay luck trying to get them to do, do that. the claim. Right. Yeah, so now you can do it. Just say you're the shipper, and then you have to check a box that says you did it through a third party. Very good. All right. Let's move on. Diary for this week. Uh, what's happening? Oh, we can get near the end of the quarter, right? Oh, that's right. So you better spend your coupon before it expires at the end of the year. I'm off to do mine in just a minute. <laughs> Some more boxes I don't need, probably. <laughs> And also, if you uh, do your taxes shortly after, well, do your taxes anytime, you're going to need to know probably your end of year inventory. I always send myself a note on my Google Calendar to wake me up about 11, 11 p.m. on the New Year's <laughs> Eve to go and pull my inventory so I have a snapshot of whatever I have on the platform because I need that uh, to report inventory in the good old uh, Schedule C. 
And I think that's about it for this week's edition of the show. Um, we'll maybe try and do another one before the end of the year. You never know. Otherwise, if we don't speak to you uh, sooner, then have a great Christmas. And this is Philip Jackson saying thank you very much indeed for joining us. And thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. And if we don't talk to you before then, Happy New Year, Ashvin, and to everyone else. <laughs> and this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time. Always last the last word. <laughs> <laughs>